This is Craig Wilkie, and you're listening to the Talk Carby to Me podcast featuring Anthony Feo. Yeah, setup is legit. Uh, this it's the setup started. It's a gaming setup. Sure. That that uh, I never I never ended up doing video game streaming, so I had it. So when I naturally started to I had the idea to create the podcast, I mm-hmm. already had the equipment and. I did update the camera, so my camera is super high definition, which actually you still play, I like, I like play games on it though, right? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, it's like 50-50 gaming to production now. You ought to do some gaming stuff, gaming streams. I don't have, like, I, I would have time. Yeah, but I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with, I mean, maybe down the road, that might be something I get back into. Sure. We got to get, <clears throat> we got to get you streaming some games, man. <laughs> I don't even have a console. Yeah, we got to. There's a, there's a story behind that. So when I was about to go to college, I could have took my Xbox 360 with me because I played it all throughout high school. But as soon as I went to college, I said, no. Because if I take this, I will not go to practice. I will not go to class. I knew I wouldn't. Yeah. So I left it at home, and then I kind of grown out of it. Yeah, I I was like that. Uh, but the opposite. I, I always had my, my consoles with me, and yeah. I, was, I was about that life, to say the least. I love watching people play. I just don't like playing it. Makes sense. Yeah. So we're back with another edition of the Talk Carby to Me podcast. Today we have Craig on, good buddy of mine, fellow trainer. Today we're going to dive into the ins and outs of bodybuilding, what that entails, how that mm-hmm. might look different from regular training, and some other fun topics that come up along the way. So welcome to the show. Good to be here. It's been a while, Anthony. It's been a while. Yeah, I've been I've been a ghost. I've been in my Batman era. That's good. Yeah, like this room is pitch black. I just have, you know, studio lights and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, just hang out in my cave, just grind away. Making money, making streams. Just yeah, like I, don't know. I don't know about the money part, but. You're making streams. Yeah, bro. <laughs> we got projects. Yeah. Yeah. I really should get it like a talent manager. Not for me, but just to find people to talk to for my podcast. Dude, do you need that? Like you could find people, right? Yeah, I can, and I do. You got connections, yeah. yeah. What, what if I run out someday? Like, you look at, not that this is a fair comparison, but like you look at like Joe Rogan, and he's like 2,001 episodes deep, and it's like, how do you know that many people? It's like 2,000 people. Wow. I don't know. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of folks. I think the more you make them, maybe the more you meet, or the more you know, or the more you get. That's what I think. Yeah. And nonetheless, it's been a fun thing. Absolutely. Got to get David Goggins on the podcast. That'd be like <laughs> a dream guest. Can you imagine? Dude, just the intensity level, like the unnecessary intensity that he would bring into the studio you would be. You wouldn't have to say a word. Just let be amazing. Him. Yep. Carry the logs. We, we can do that. Yeah. Was, <laughs> carry the logs, the boats. <laughs> the, that, that motherfucker is wild. I love it. I love it. Uh, I forget. Did I send you the video of the guy attempting the diet of the 21,000 calorie uh, in a day? World's fattest okay. woman. Sorry. So that's, 
so that's Eric the Electric. Yeah, yes. Sam, Sam has followed him throughout her entire prep. She never yeah. missed a video of him eating. So yeah. I saw insane. Dude, so for those of you who haven't seen it, um, it's, what is his name, Eric the Electric? Eric the Electric. So he's looks like a fitness influencer in the, in the fitness world, I would assume. He goes through this diet, and I'll break the diet down for you in just a minute, but he goes through this diet. It's a full day of eating for this woman whose goal is to become the fattest woman in the world. And I, I can tell you, I can throw down some food. Yep. Uh, I, I can handle a ton of bullshit. Yep. I can plow through anything, right? I love, uh, I love junk food, something I'm not shy about. Okay. I can get after it. Yep. I don't do it. I don't do it all the time, but like you catch me at like a state fair or something you do, like you that, can. like mm -hmm. I'm going down. Right. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that work in. Um, watching this video after about the fourth item, like I was grossed out. Oh, you're done. Yeah. And, and I'm not one that's generally, you know, too grossed out by food. The only thing that really gets me are like those mukbangs where like the octopus is alive and there's like ink shooting everywhere. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. That's, that's a strange category of, oh. uh, of the internet there, a little dark corner there, sure. but especially when they're alive, like, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't want to eat things that are alive. Nope. Um, but yeah, so this diet is just absolutely absurd and it's almost impressive that any single human can consume this much food. Do you know how many calories it was? Do you remember? Uh, I believe he said it was 21,000. Um, oh, and I was doing some research on this. So this woman's, uh, her name is Susan or Suzanne Iman. And she's like, I guess in the, in the, the cult, maybe the cult's yeah. the wrong word, the, the tribe of people that like supersize big, beautiful women. Sure. I guess that's a category now. Yeah, she's got some yeah. uh, some popularity there. Sure. And her goal, so she was started this out around 32. Her goal is to reach uh, 1,600 pounds. Oh, my God. As a person. Like, so this isn't like we're, we're like accidentally creeping in because we're, we don't have lifestyle interventions. This yeah. is like, this is the plan that I'm doing. Oh and like you, you think I like that Kobe Bryant meme where it's like this at the start of the summer, this is the plan I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not negotiating with myself, like yeah. job, nothing, right. It's like that whole thing, but like, just to just get as fat as possible. Gosh, how many more, how much more weight, more weight, you know, that, that commercial with him. him and yeah. Kanye. <laughs> more weight, more weight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So she's looking at like shows progressive overload, obviously, and you know, calories and stuff like that. Right. So she's looking to go from about 22,000 to 30,000 a day. Uh, and according to her by the age of 41 or 42, she'll reach her target weight of 1600 pounds. She lives. Yeah. And she's, she's five, yeah. eight. God. Who's in her corner backing this? Like, is it family members? Is it friends? Right? So she that's, can't be alone. Right. So that's the thing. So uh, before I go into the desk, I was talking to someone earlier about this because I saw another video. Sure. Um, and it was this: as a, a doctor going through this, I guess, TikTok that was posted. And um, it's it, it's the sense that I got from the video was uh, one of the another 700 pound woman was being interviewed mm -hmm. about uh, with daily life, like what that was like, like just, yeah. I'm not sure if it was another doctor that was kind of like a questionnaire or something like that, but she was saying that she doesn't have the ability to wipe her own ass. Uh, yep. 
so what she does is she goes to her local 24 uh, uh 24 hour fitness or anytime fitness and she sits in the hot tub and lets the bubbles do all the cleaning for her if she doesn't have someone around <laughs> so if, yo so if you are someone who enjoys the occasional uh hot tub <laughs> stroll in your in your local gym you might want to rethink that think uh, about that oh yeah gosh. yeah wild so um, when you talk about like support systems, so obviously in fitness and nutrition, you got to have a strong support system. Um, cool. We'll touch on yours in a little bit because I think yours will actually have relevance to what we're talking mm -hmm. about. But looking at this specific woman, uh, so at one point she was dating a chef who was into larger women, and Big he women. was yep. he would just cook and was all in on just feeding her constantly. Eventually, he did you know scram, but this guy was like. And he looked like he was maybe 5'10", 165 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> so she's like about five times his size. And like he was just all about feeding her. I'm sure he was testing recipes, which as a chef, I mean, that's, you have. That's good. Pretty much a, a huge garbage disposal that you can just yeah. throw, you throw ideas at. So going through this diet, right? The day starts out with four to five donuts. Then it starts with it, or then it proceeds into a seven egg omelet with a cup and a half of cheese and an entire package of ham. Oh. It's, it's not too specific on the kind of ham, it's a sliced deli ham, deli, but I'm assuming yeah. you're probably putting in a, a, there's probably a pound of ham in there. Easy, easy. You've got four to five potatoes made into hash browns Sheesh. and a full pack of bacon. Oh. And that's just meal one <laughs> after the four donuts. Yeah, that's literally that's meal one. So from like, there's definitely protein there, right? But that's yeah. from sodium fat content. That's an insane amount. Of, that's like a full day of eating at 8 a.m. At 8 a.m. Whenever wow. she, she wakes up, it doesn't specify. Wow. The next thing kind of threw me for a loop, but almost to the point where I kind of want to try it. Like I'm not opposed to like if I was at a fair. And mm -hmm. this was an option. I, I wouldn't like be opposed to it. Uh, four corn dogs, all mm -hmm. dipped in nacho cheese. Doesn't sound bad, right? Mm -hmm. Then she moves on to a full bag of potato chips. What kind is that? Uh, it doesn't say. I believe. I believe in his video, he ate a bag of Doritos um, yeah. when he was going through it. So maybe he was aware that it was Doritos. I'm not sure. Uh, that you know, tomato, tomato there, followed by a couple of strawberries, of course, for good measure. We need we need health. micronutrients in there. <laughs> health as well. We go. We then move on to a large pepperoni pizza. Oh, two bowls of vanilla ice cream, a bag of peanut M and M's, two bacon cheeseburgers. <laughs> Right. Then next up, you have an entire box of mac and cheese. Oh, this is lunch, right? This is lunch. I think we're in the lunch. We might be at like lunch too. I think that I think a large, I mean, a large pepperoni pizza. I mean, you could probably split that into like three meals. Easy. Right. And then again, we don't want to lose out on key vitamins, you know, micronutrients. We've got three bananas. Oh, very nice. Potassium. Yeah. Then we have six avocados. Blend, blended into guacamole with an entire bag of tortilla chips to oh, go along with it. And 10 fish tacos. 
right? Oh. Followed by a meal of rice and beans. Then we get the full, when you go to the grocery store and you see the honey buns, like the little Debbie, sure. like the packaging, they like, they're like, what, maybe six or seven in the packaging. She eats the entire box. Box of honey buns. Then she eats another box of Hot Pockets. Oh my gosh. Followed by an entire bag of pepperoni. Like just straight pepperoni. Straight pepperoni. Oh. Like now I, I like me some pepperoni. Like sure. it's not uncommon, you know, for there to be some left some pepperonis in my fridge. I might tear down like four of them. <laughs> That's all bad. Not not four bags, but like four slices, but um, oh jeez. So like lo looking at this entire thing, I mean, obviously for for me, you you lost me at the corn dogs. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would have been I would have been full for the whole day. That's it. Yep. Uh, but that is just absolutely insane. So, do you think you could eat this? This day? no no shot. Um, I I saw I watched Eric's video of him eating it. Um, the four or five donuts would have been a a rough start for me because I would have killed my stomach. Yeah. So after that, I'm not eating for a while because I'll either be in a sugar coma or I'll be on the toilet the rest of the time. So it's funny how she like she gets all that. So she obviously didn't start out eating all that. She had to build up to it, right? Yeah. So I wonder what her diet was like before getting to the twenty thousand calories a day. Yeah. Like maybe so, she did. What, what do you think? Well, I, I did some research on the matter. So. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about, and obviously as nutrition coaches, you kind of see it, uh, bad habits that are caused as that, that become crutches when you sure. have life trauma going on. So from the yeah. gist of what I got looking into it, wasn't the best family growing up. They had some poverty experiences, had some, some, tr some troubled times with, you know, job loss and the parenthood and stuff like that. So by 15, 16, she was already about 180 to 200 pounds and they were like trying to like, Hey, maybe you should get healthy. You should exercise, but she kind of refused to. So that just kind of carried into adulthood. Uh, mm -hmm. Eventually she met, she was around 500 pounds or so. She met Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of how people know about her. Dr. Phil was like, Hey, what, what the hell is going on here? Like we need to work on some stuff. And um, at this time she was dating the, the chef guy, I guess. Mm -hmm. And yep. he was, he was helping her kind of go through and like feeding her and stuff like that. And they're like, Hey, what, what is going on here? Cause that in itself is alone toxic, right? You, like you sure. talk about support system, you know, that what this person, these habits, they're going to kill this person. Mm -hmm. It is a fact. Obesity will kill you period. Absolutely. Yep. And it's indisputable. Yep. The, so the, the whole situation, they kind of get her to start eating healthy. And then she's like, no, I'm going to just break away from this. I can't do it. I'm too emotionally attached to eating. Uh, right. So goes completely off the rails and just continues going. And uh, so they had in an interview, she's like, oh, well, I see men seem to find me sexier the bigger that I get. So it's like that validation of like an awful pattern. Justified. Where it's, yeah. Yeah. Where it's now justified. So yeah. it's a, in my opinion, this is just about a classic example of the body positivity movement going a step too far a little bit. Yes. All right. Especially, so she's got, she's got two boys. Sounds like yep. from what I've read, 
she speaks to people like in her family and stuff like that. And they're like, like how no one's had like some kind of intervention or anything mm -hmm. like that is beyond me. I think that's probably one of the most disrespectful things you can do to a family member or a loved one. Absolutely. You can. Yep. Right. If you see someone, it'd be like if you saw me and I was like strung out on cocaine and I was drunk all the time, someone would probably be like, Hey man, we care about you. Like, what are you doing? Like, how can we help? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And so it's just absolutely wild. And according to her, she's perfectly healthy. Uh, she doesn't go for she doesn't go for a walk every day. She True. goes for a, she goes for a waddle, right? That's her way. Not mine. <laughs> she go for a waddle, and she does stretches and exercises every day because it's important <laughs> to be able to carry all that weight. Uh, is, is is she not bedridden? Apparently not. Wow. But when she goes grocery when she goes to the grocery store, she has a motorized scooter. Sure. Also, she cannot work. Okay. So she, so she's disabled. Sure. Technically, by according to, I would, I would assume government standards. Legally, she is disabled. I guess. Yeah. Wow. So, so, absolutely wild story that we came across, right? So the thing that gets me about that, if you've listened to my podcast, you know that I don't have a huge trust in the government whatsoever. Yep. Uh, it's a it's a clown show. It's a it's a big circus, uh, especially when you look at in terms of like the nutritional aspects of the how the government interferes with you know health and wellness and things like that. Mm -hmm. And to pair what I was talking earlier, when I was talking to someone about the same situation, you are telling me that someone who pretty much I mean this is like a delayed suicide, honestly. Sure, that's the reality of it. Is now disabled, gets disability cannot work and contribute to society and everyone else who tries their best to contribute to society through, through all their ups and downs, everyone's got shit going on. Sure. We're, we're footing the bill Yep. for this. Yep. And, and furthermore, you have her people around her, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously if you're 760 pounds, you're not going to be able to wipe your own ass. You're not gonna be able to bathe correctly. True. Other people now have a, a part-time job and taking care, taking care of you. You depend on them. Yes. Certainly there are home healthcare organizations, but you're kind of dragging everyone down with you. And like, honestly, the most selfish way, because you yep. can't deal with your own shit and no one's really, apparently no one's really had the uh, enough care for you to be like, Hey, like this has to stop. This is dangerous. Yep. Think of this situation. Mm -hmm. We have people like this in daily life. And let's say there was a fire in her, in her apartment building. Sure. Right. We're going to ask a healthy and able firefighter. I know that it's his job to, for the safety of everyone that's involved, but we're going to have him go risk his life trying to get this woman out of a burning building because she can't walk herself. Him and all the other firemen. Yes. Yeah. Him and, exactly. Like it's going to take a squad. Yep. And it's very different than as if like someone fell down and they're injured. Okay. Sure. Sure. Like that, ha that's, that's the nature of, you know, that, that's the nature of that job. That's one of the responsibilities you take on. But to just have such loss of self-control and you're risking other people's lives and now the masses are now suffering for that. And not that the masses are suffering, but how many how many firefighters or EMTs or paramedics do you think either got injured sure. or like this situation has happened? Obviously, that doesn't always make the news. Like they're not going to be like, oh, this oh, this guy, like, fell on this, yeah, no. he fell on, fell on the stairs and got injured carrying this big woman out of a fire and stuff like that. But yep. like, it's just a wild, wild kind of vein. And 
it's like, yeah, I'm beautiful and men think I'm attractive. And it's like, you don't deserve to be treated like a piece of shit. But someone at some point has got to be like, hey, wake up, like, like, wake up, take care of yourself because sure. you're putting other people at risk. And it's wild to, like, to look at it from that angle. So when she was on Dr. Phil and Dr. Phil was like, hey, let's get this girl some help. And she kind of refused, right? But she saw how big she was. Did she think, oh, I'm going to just take this and run with it. Let's see how big I can really get, you know? Is that you think that's what she did? My overall sense is that she looked at, like, she gave it a, a good old college try. Yeah. And then it was like, ah, fuck it. Like, that's not going to work. Yeah. I'm just going to do what I've always done. And then wow. I'm just going to switch the narrative around it and be like, hey, this is exactly what I want to do. It's absolutely insane. So toxic, too, right? I mean, oh. is she single right now? Do you know? Yep. She's looking for love and she's hopeful. Ah. Oh. So if you know anyone that's in, in, into a little a little extra honey, we got just the gal. Oh, I don't know if I know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so how have things been going in the gym? I know you recently did a bodybuilding show, and I, it's my understanding you're kind of going into another one. So like, how's that been going? So last show was October of last year. So it's coming up on a year uh, since I've been, or since I did it. Uh, ever since then, I didn't really want to compete this year just because that took a took a toll on me. Uh, it affected my work. It affected like a lot of things. Right. So I was just I just wanted to settle down a little more uh, before I go into it. I'm still, you know, still lifting, still disciplined, still consistent. Right. Nothing changed. It's just uh, I don't have to go through that prep again. So I actually just started with a coach, I would say, at the beginning of May. So up until May, I was self-coached. I just researched and trial and error. Um, so up until May, I was doing that. And then I was like, look, it was really hard to be self-coached, super, super hard. So I said, well, I'll just pay someone to do it. So I got somebody. His name is Pat, former IFBB pro. He's been there, done that. So now what we're doing is we're just building and then we're going going to think about competing early next year, April, May-ish. And that's the goal right now. So what was so for your last show, how'd you do? Uh, so I competed in three different classes. I got third in my open class. I won a novice class and I came in second in a true novice class. So it's it's a it's a lot, but uh, I would say I came. The open class is what you really want to be good at. So third, basically. So what's what's the difference with all with all the classes? Okay, so the open is basically ah, uh, it's hard to explain. So if you if you win your open class, you get to qualify for nationals. Okay, so true novice is your first show ever. So they have this uh, they have this league. It's called the MPC. And if it is your first NPC show ever, you're a true novice. Okay. So that's true novice. Any after your first show, you cannot compete in true novice ever again. Then you go to novice. So novice means you've never won an open class. So you can compete in novice until you win your open class. And open is what qualifies you for bigger shows. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So when you when you look at going into that like what made you want to compete Oof. oh gosh um i think it goes back to 
kind of being a former athlete, I always loved competition. Um, I always loved training. I always loved competing against guys, whether it be football or track or now bodybuilding. I don't know. I just feel like I think competition is good. Um, and I just feel like when I was playing sports, I was kind of good in the weight room, kind of better in the weight room than I was on the field. So I was like, maybe I can do something with this. So when I, f <clears throat> I first started taking it serious around 22 years old after college, and I was like, well, maybe I can take something. So I'll take this somewhere. So I don't know. I just, I just like competing. I like feeling like beating. I don't know. I like beating people. I like, I like comparing myself to people. I like that, you know? It's hard to explain. Oh, you're explaining it perfectly fine. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big believer. Everyone needs competition. I love it. So when people are young, you know, you sign up in for your little league, little sure. league, you got, yeah. you know, five, a football, peewee, stuff like that. Yep. Obviously middle school, uh, high school sports, collegiate sports for a lot of people, it ends in high school. Some people, right. If you, if you, you know, you were good and you made it into academically and just, you know, your sport and you made it into the college level and playing and then it just stops. So you've kind of been bred to compete and for, you know, for most of your life. And then yeah. suddenly it just stops. And, sure. uh, and then obviously the competition becomes different where it's, you look at, you're competing for different jobs. You're competing yeah. in the marketplace. You're competing yeah. at work. You're complete competing business, yeah. businesses, everything, everything is competition, right? So yeah. um, for some people though, it's kind of like forced upon them as opposed to you're choosing a competitive sure. avenue to kind of keep that channel and stuff like that. So I think it makes, I think it makes perfect sense. I love it. I love it. I think competition brings out the best, whether it be business, sport. I mean, you name it. I think competition brings out the best in you. Yeah, for sure. It's if you look at any, if you look at just the human instinct of going to the gym, uh, if you go to the gym alone, you might be a special kind of savage uh, sure. for just about everyone. You will train harder if you have a, a partner with you. Absolutely. Like when I work out by myself, my lifts are very different than when I work out with you. Absolutely. Or when I work out with when I work out with Johan, they're different. Yep. Like it's uh, it's that whole that old saying, "Iron sharpens iron." Literally. Yeah, literally. So when you look at, so getting into bodybuilding, right? You, you, you're done with school, you get out, you're going into lifting. Like what, what makes it different when you're training for a show and mm -hmm. you're in the gym versus if you are just the regular guy, you just started working out and maybe you want to shed a couple of pounds or you want to get back in shape or get in shape. Like what are the differences when you look at like what you end up doing in the gym and that whole process over, over that, that, what is it usually it's, you can be up to a year long process. Sure. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think there's levels to this, right? So some people just go to the gym, work out, maybe they want to build muscle. Maybe they want to lose weight. They don't really know what bodybuilding does is it gives you a, like a, a certain goal, right? You want to do this show on this date. Well, this is what you're going to have to do to do it. So it just puts everything in a bubble, right? And if you want to be good at it, you can't really do anything outside of that bubble. Right. So if someone's just kind of average, just kind of lifting, maybe they're not tracking their progress. Maybe they're just doing what feels right. Maybe they're messing up their diet on the weekends or going out with friends, whatever it may be. Uh, if you if you start a bodybuilding, if you want to be any good at it, you're not going to do any of that stuff. So it just kind of you know what you have to do. And it's in this little bubble. You have to stay in that bubble. 
it's consistency, it's discipline, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything, you know? So I feel like that's the biggest difference. It just puts everything you need to do in a little bubble. And if you stray outside of that bubble, probably not, probably not going to do so well at the show. Yeah. So a typical day in the gym, when you look mm -hmm. at your regular, your regular gym goer versus yeah. when you're training for a bodybuilder show, like what's it like, walk me through that program, what that might look like. So a, a perfect example, you're a trainer, you have clients. Mm -hmm. so I'm pretty sure you got a guy in your roster. That's like, Hey, I'm just trying to get back in shape. Maybe shed a couple pounds. Yeah. Like, what do you do with him versus like what your day might look like on the same kind of like uh, sure, body sure. parts? Uh, so it's going to be kind of a different split. I do think it depends on the person and how advanced they are. Right. So if, if this guy is just a brand new to the gym and he hasn't really done much in his entire life, it's going to be a lot of basics, a lot of building the foundations, a lot of just getting him to move correctly. Right. Um, if he, if he wants to shed a couple pounds, it may be, Hey, it may be just cutting out some bad stuff in his diet. Maybe not changing anything. Just, Hey, stop drinking sodas every day. And you take it slow, just kind of like that. Um, as far as for me, or as far as like a competitive bodybuilder, they already know how to move. Uh, they already know how to fill the muscle. They already have good body mechanics. Um, so it's just going to be a lot of more, I don't want to say isolation because you do a lot of compounds, right? But it's just going to be more focused on the certain muscle you want to train. So if I'm training this guy and he says, hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. Probably not going to give him a chest day, shoulder day, arm day, leg day, back day. It's going to be a lot of the basics. So maybe a full body day three days a week. Uh, maybe up or lower split four days a week, something like that. Um, but if you're looking at a competitive bodybuilder, they're going to have days where they work on muscle groups that they need to bring up. They're going to have days where they maybe they something is already advanced on their arm, right? So maybe their arms are super big and they need to bring something else up. They're not going to have an arm day, right? So I just think it's a little more specific. Maybe that's the right word um, yeah. as far as for competitive bodybuilder versus the average Joe. I've always looked at it. And again, I, I have a huge amount of admiration and respect for anyone that competes a bodybuilding show. Sure. If you look at the results, pictures, screenshots, the stage photos, mm -hmm. Like the dude that comes in last place or the or the woman that comes in last place, like they're absolutely like shredded to the gills. <laughs> yeah. right? And it's an, it's an insane amount of dedication crazy, uh, and sacrifice to get there. So huge, yeah. huge props to anyone that goes through that. Um, I honestly, I can do a lot of dumb shit. I can do a lot of crazy shit. I can do a lot of hard shit. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one thing that I probably would not be able to do, to be honest with you. Um, it's a bad gun show. Huh? You don't think you could do a bodybuilding show? No. What 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 would what would you fail at, or what would you not be able to do? Honestly, dude, I I, I just I enjoy I enjoy carbohydrates, man. Like, oh, sure, sure, sure. I, like I'm I'm down to smash a pizza, and gotcha. for so for me, so like for me, so I'll give you a perfect example. Sure. I did the four by forty eight David Goggins challenge. Yep. Uh, two years ago. Yep. All right. So for those of you that don't know, David Goggins, he made this challenge for charity. You run four miles every four hours for 48 hours, right? So if you do that math out over that course of, you know, that weekend, you sleep at most about an hour and 15 minutes in between runs. Sure. That was a crazy thing. That was like a dark, that was a dark place like to get mm -hmm. through that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did it pretty well. So the, the reward for me on the outside 
was I'm capable. There was performance there. Sure. Honestly, like I was exhausted after the first night, like after the third leg and there were 12 legs. Sure. And my pacing stayed the same. I think there was one of them. I mean, there were a couple of runs where I'm running at like two in the morning, like down the mm -hmm. street, dark. Uh, my abs are killing me from all the jostling yeah. around and yeah. like, I'm just like all fucked up. Yeah. Almost there, there was one, there was one of them almost like I almost had like tears in my eyes oh. because my, my, my tor my rib cage was just so sore. Sure, sure. So every single step was just torturing me. Uh, but I got through that and there was like, that was a bigger prize for me. Like, Hey, you can do this like insanely hard thing. Sure. Almost like a test of will. Who can do that? Not a lot. Yeah. I, I think people would be surprised about it, but that I, I think the one difference, like if you take the average person and you try to do it running, you're probably going to break down unless you're already good at running. Yep. So if you, even if you did it on a bike, sure. It's still, that's still hard. Right. Yeah. Um, but like that reward was a little bit more satisfying for me than it would be for me to go through a show, stand on stage, get a good flex in. And like, it just, that, that doesn't resonate with me the same yep. way. It's like, Hey, I did this thing and everyone's like, wow, you are stupid. Insane. Like, why, would, yeah. why, why would you ever do, you're insane. Why would you ever do that? Like that stuff is seems more yeah. rewarding and it, it just doesn't click with me. Yeah. 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 But not that you don't have the discipline, right? That's just not something you want to do. Right? If I needed to, yeah. if I needed, if I really needed to lock in, like if the fate of the world rested on me doing a bodybuilding show and competing, I could do it. You could absolutely do it. Yep. Right. If the stakes were so high, like aliens are coming. I'm the only one that can stop them by going to Doing the bodybuilding show. show. Dude, the pizza, we can the do pizza's it. It's going to be there afterwards. It's always going to be there. Oh, I know. Yeah. So when you look at the difference with, you know, gen pop and bodybuilders. Yep. And correct me if I'm wrong, how I kind of look at it mm -hmm. is cars. Yep. Right. So, you take a, you go get a, your regular midsize sedan. Maybe you got a, I don't know. What's a midsize sedan these days? Um, Honda Civic, dude, my okay. car. A Honda Civic. You got your Honda Civic. It's stock. Got it right off the dealership. Yep. If you take that to the track and drive it like it's a Ferrari that's mm -hmm. tuned for a racetrack, you're probably going to blow it up Yep. after like a, la a lap or two, right? It's yep. just not. It's just not designed to go that route. When you look at like athletes, so bodybuilders, and you look at that sport, and obviously the same goes for athletes of the professional sports leagues, yeah. right? It's more of a Ferrari, and you can kind of push the limits a little bit. You can get yeah. more specific. So like you wouldn't be on a track in a Honda Civic and say, oh, the, the transmission is not shifting right. We need to switch up something in the differential or anything like that. On a, a race a race car, right, you would. You would be able to get really fine-tuned, really granular with the, the moving parts. Um, and that's kind of how I've, I've always viewed that. Mm -hmm. I like uh, that. Yeah. So if you're, if you're in a civic, it's not the transmission, I promise you. It's not the transmission. Yeah. yeah it's like stay in your lane. Yep. You, you put, you put your left turn signal on, <laughs> you know, you don't go through yellow lights. You get 30 miles per gallon. You're all right. Yeah. With a, with a race car, you're blowing everything out, you know, obviously you're pushing it to the limit, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, there's obviously different phases of it too. So when mm -hmm. you started at the beginning of your prep, mm -hmm. did you, was there a build or where were you lean wise? Like what changed over the course of uh, your entire, from start to finish, from day one to show day? Sure. So for this last prep, uh, I was not lean. So um, it had been about two years since I'd done 
my another show. So I was two years off of the of that show. And I was at my highest, I was 217 pounds. And I'm I'm five, six and a quarter. So um I was not a, it was not the best starting point. I was a little fatter than I probably should have been. Um which made the prep really hard. But at the end, so at my end weight, I was about 170, right? 169, 170. Um, so start was 217 and was 170. Um, and really at the start, it was I was in a bad position. I wasn't doing any cardio. Um, I was drinking two Gatorades a day. I mean, I was eating pretty much whatever I wanted. Um, I was I was lifting. I was consistent with my lifting. Um, and really what changed when prep started was I kind of, I increased my output. Uh, so maybe I decreased my input just a little bit calorie wise, but I increased my output by a lot. So I started doing more cardio and I started tracking my steps. So that's kind of how I got started for the prep, um, was just increase my output. So you're telling me. That so that's a that's a huge weight drop. What what was the time frame over that? Fifteen weeks. Fifteen weeks. Yep. And it sounds like one of the key strategies was taking more steps. Yeah. Which at, at the start, yes. Yeah. So for all you people listening, <laughs> yeah. you have you're like, oh, I want to lose a couple pounds and so like that. If you just go for a walk, you heard Increase it here first. Yeah. Yep. It just increased, just go take more steps. Yep. Get work started at 10,000, go up to 11,000, 12,000, yep. so on and so forth. Like that's a tremendous weight drop over the course of just a hair under four months. Yes. So uh, to be transparent, I should have took more time. So I should have started at a probably 18 to 19 weeks out rather than 15. Yeah. So there's, you hear it a lot. Um, people talking about like, Hey, what happens when you get super lean versus when other times when you're not very lean, uh, this is also why you have the off season bodybuilder kind of look to them. And then you have the in season bodybuilder. So what happens to your body over that time frame, like with, with that restriction and that weight loss? Oh, so it gets extremely stressed. That is a lot of stress to put your body under. Um, so you really have to be conscious out first, I would say really of a your gut health and b your joint health because that's a lot of stress to be putting on your body so you're going to be inflamed you're going to have fatigue all over your body it's going to be rough um so from there uh just the changes i mean when i first started i was sleeping so much better because when i first started i was 217 my sleep was fine when i first started increasing my output a little bit i was sleeping so much better uh fast forward 13, 14 weeks, and I couldn't barely sleep five hours a night because I was so hungry. Um, so it's a, it's, oh, wow. a, it's a lot of it's a lot of stress on your body, um, and then couple that with the not sleeping right. That's just a that's not good. You got to take care of that. So, uh, really, the recovery portion is probably the one that I would hone in the most uh, between the start and the finish. Uh, I mean, you just got to be mindful, you know, you're depriving your body of nutrients, of calories. So your recovery is not going to be the same. If you're waking up during the night and not being able to sleep, your recovery is not going to be the same. So I think that's overlooked, but I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, your recovery just goes down the drain as soon as you get close to the show. 
Yeah. You said a very important thing at the beginning. Yeah. Right. Um, for a lot of people struggle with sleep. Mm-hmm. So you notice when you increase your output, you slept better. Oh man, it was so much better. Right. So this is, this is a great segue here. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe a great pause, maybe a little interjection, whatever the sure. phrase, grammatical phrase is here. Right. A lot of people struggle with sleep. The issue is often you need something to be tired from. Yes. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So if you work out regularly and you're still tired, you're not working out hard enough. Nope. Right. You nope. need way more intensity and that problem will work itself out. Yep. Personally, I'm kind of a night owl, but when I sleep, like we sleep, Absolutely. Like we, get, we get after it. So, yeah. uh, but so you're telling, you know, that meme where it's like, you ever been so broke yet to have air for dinner? <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me by the end of prep, your sleep was interrupted because you were having air for dinner. Cause I was so hungry. I would, I would literally, I'd wake up, uh, it would probably be 5 AM and I would wake up and I would just stare at the ceiling because I don't want to eat yet because that's just going to prolong my day and I'll be more hungry throughout the day. Um, but I don't want, I can't go back to sleep cause I'm so hungry. So I would literally probably stare at my ceiling for probably an hour or so just until I get up to go eat because I was so hungry. And yeah, I mean, I could down water all I wanted to, right. But that's going to eat, fix it for five minutes. And I'm going to be just as hungry. So that was probably the last like two weeks leading up to the show. It was, it was rough. Yeah, that's how it's, that sounds. Like you hear a lot of stories about uh, people when they get to that phase. Yep. Um, so, like, what do you? So, on day one, what was the mm-hmm. day of eating like, mm-hmm. like calorically, and what were your meals and mm-hmm. the show day or the day before the show? Like, what what's that? So, day one of the diet, I really didn't change that much. Uh, I I uh, I cut out both the Gatorades, so that was an easy three hundred calories right off the bat. And it's kind of easy to cut out because I don't really need the Gatorade. But anyways, I'll cut out the Gatorade. So uh, breakfast, meal one, I was probably eating five meals a day plus a snack. Uh, So meal one would be, oh gosh, I'm reaching back here, probably two or three eggs, uh, 200 grams of egg whites. I was eating a bagel for breakfast. So I would have a a Thomas Plain bagel. Um, I would have 120 grams of oatmeal with... I can't remember how many blueberries and some protein. Uh, so that meal would usually fill me up for a good while. That's a lot of oatmeal. Um, that is a lot of oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, meal two, or the next three meals actually, uh, was six ounces of chicken and 300 grams of rice. So that was my next three meals. Um, I would season the the rice and the chicken. I would just put ketchup on it. That's kind of it. Um, so you, rice, chicken, and ketchup? That was it. And mix it all together in a Tupperware. There you go. It was easy. Um, that makes sense. So those are my next three meals. Uh, my snack uh, normally was either post-workout or if I had to work that day or whatever. I just got it in whenever I could. Uh, it was a protein shake and another 120 grams of oatmeal. Another bowl of oatmeal. Um, and then my last meal was my favorite. So you're going to look at me weird for this, but... My last meal was four ounces of ground beef, uh, four tablespoons of peanut butter, mm. four, four whole eggs, and 200 grams of jasmine rice, and mix it all up in a Tupperware. It's actually not that weird. 
fire. It was so, oh, so good. So fun fact. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know that I'm from New England. Sure. Uh, but in New England, when you go take the road up to, if you were to take the highway up and go through Vermont and you wanted to see foliage, there's a ton of breweries and they all have like food, restaurants mm-hmm. in them. There was one of them that there was a bacon cheeseburger with peanut butter. Oh, yes. The, the combination of peanut butter and meat yes. and red meat is, it doesn't sound like it should work, good. but it's just fucking delicious. It is good. It is good. I'm glad you knew about that because that is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that would be it. Um, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but it was somewhere around 39 to 4,100 calories. That was kind of like day one, um, down to the, I would say the lowest my calories got, uh, was about 1300. Jesus Christ. And that was, so when it, when my calories were my lowest, I was probably doing 45 minutes of cardio that day, fasted if possible. So my meal one would have been one egg, 100 grams of egg whites, and probably about 40 grams of cream of rice uh, with some protein in there. So I cut out the blueberries in that meal. Um, my next three meals would have been five ounces of chicken about 30 grams of jasmine rice and I don't know how many vegetables, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of asparagus, probably mm. four, four, probably four ounces of asparagus. Yeah. those are my next three meals. Um, and then depending on the day, cause I had, I carb cycled a little bit, uh, but depending on the day, uh, my last meal would just been three whole eggs and some avocado, or it would have been, an egg, egg whites, and probably another 30 grams of oats or something like that. Something great, something crazy. So it was around 1300 calories. My is the lowest they got. Yeah. So that's a, so over the course of 15 weeks, that's almost a 75% reduction. Yep. That is crazy. It was, it was, it was hard, right? It was hard. I was hungry, but, um, I, it was just, uh, there's probably a few things I would have done differently, right? Uh, just because I was self-coach, it was kind of trial and error. Uh, if I were to do it again, I probably wouldn't get my calories that low if if I could help it, right? Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's what I went through. So we talked about support system. Sure. So Sam, your wonderful girlfriend, obviously yes. is also a bodybuilder. Yes. Do you think you could have done that if you were dating someone that was not a bodybuilder? No shot. No shot. No shot before. So the other two shows I did before that one, I was single. And I was like super single. I wasn't talking to any females at all. Having someone in your corner, right? That mm-hmm. is, did, did you, was your shows at the same time? Yeah, uh, we did the same show. Yep. So doing the same show. So that's even better, right? So you yeah, have someone better. doing it's it. It's with- like, it's like the Bonnie and Clyde yep. approach. It made it um, so much easier. Yeah, like that's something that a lot a lot of people uh, and you. I think you guys are more on like the top one percent kind of examples. But when you look at fitness in general and the the whole landscape, right? What your partner your partner's behaviors also are going to become are going to influence your behaviors, whether they yep. are reinforcing the good behaviors yep. or they are kind of pulling you away. Sure. Um, and I think 
what a lot of things what people don't often understand is like if you're making a change to you know get healthy get fit but then you come home and at home you know you got the wife and kids and necessarily they might not, not necessarily be as active or they're not bought into hey let's make some healthy changes i mean that becomes incredibly incredibly difficult difficult yep absolutely absolutely her doing it with me and not just doing it with me just understanding like what has to be done to do this uh was such a load off my shoulders it was so nice it was uh i believe it kept my cortisol down i do believe that yeah and yeah and vice versa so right she was doing it too and that was her first prep ever so she didn't really know what to do or what to think or how to feel about anything right so i think me being there with her hopefully i would like to say uh helped her prep out too that's awesome yep i uh, so she has another one coming up, right? So not anymore. So she did two this year. So yeah, she did the Palmetto Classic in South Carolina. Uh, she won her open class, which qualified her for junior nationals. Nice. Yeah, she did in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, and she did really well at that one. So she did two shows. They were about four weeks in between shows. Um, and now she's going to take a very long, like we talked about, off season. So she's going to take probably the next year off. Not a bad plan. No, which is good because she's a little mean when she's hungry. Yeah, no, yeah. I believe it. I believe it. For going back to the changes over those 15 weeks. Sure. There's a there's definitely a cost to getting that yeah. lean, eating that much food. I think we talked we had on some of them. As far as like performance wise, mm-hmm. as far as like lifts, strengths, numbers, like how much did that change over the, the four week period or the, the 15 weeks? Sure. So in reality, you don't want it to change that much, right? Because what got you the muscle will keep you the muscle, right? Um, obviously being, you know, 40, 50 pounds lighter, uh, you're not going to be able to move the weight you did when you were 40 or 50 pounds heavier. Uh, but you but you don't want to stop strength training, right? So I never stopped strength training. Um, I was still doing sets of six. I was still doing a top set of five sometimes. Now, granted, those weights weren't what they were 40 pounds ago. Um, but I was, tr- I was still lifting heavy as heavy as I could, uh, still lifting safely up until about two weeks out. Once I was about two weeks out, uh, just because the risk of injury shoots skies through the roof when you're going that heavy, uh, I kind of cut the, cut the weight. I don't want to say in half, but I did cut it back some, uh, just to, just to try to stay healthy. Um, as far as the programming, went it didn't really change so i would still work up to a heavy top set um like i said five or six reps almost exercises um and then i would you know lighten the load a little bit maybe do eight to ten and then on to the next one i did that for probably 14 weeks 12 12 14 weeks yeah so the the training really didn't really didn't change um the weights obviously came down a little bit because i was keeping track of everything but you know, you try you try not to let that happen, but it is going to, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. I I remember me. I mean, you used to see me work out. Mm-hmm. Uh and that was back when I was running, you know, thirty miles, thirty miles a week. A week, yep. 
boy, I was fucking, I was cooked. <laughs> like, I didn't see it then. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking, yeah. I'm hard as shit. I'm just blasting good. this shit yeah, out. And then, I'll go, yeah. and then I'll go for a fucking run. And granted, <laughs> I like to, I like to train hard. I like to be on the cusp of meeting sure. the wizard at any different time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if I got to crawl around, I can crawl. If, I, if I'm going <laughs> to die, like, if I'm going to die, like, so be it. I'll die that way. I'm all for yeah. it. Sure. Sure. Um, but obviously I hurt my foot and then I hurt my foot again. And yep. then I hit, hurt my foot a third time. So I didn't run much <laughs> in the last year. So I went on my bulk over the, over the winter. Yep. Uh, admittedly, I did kind of lose control of my bulk. Sure. Um, yeah. Because I, I had been like, I, I mean, by saying I, I lost control, probably 70% of my diet was still fine. For sure. Nor, normal for me. Uh, but the other 30%, I mean, was just sometimes it was, in, it was just out the window, nice. but so I gained probably about 35 pounds over the course of four, maybe four months, four or five sure. months, something like that. Uh, every single lift just like exploded through the roof. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, my, my, the program that I'm running for my bullock is significantly harder than anything that I've ever done in the sure. gym. Even though in the gym, I was like dying, not resting, supersetting like compound, right. like compounds and like crazy shit yep. and running on top of it. And, just a different style of training, different stimulus. And I was so overloaded with calories. Yep. Like everything just exploded for me and it was amazing. So um, it really put in perspective the the cost of what the effect calories have in your body. Cause when my calories were lower, because obviously when you run, you burn a ton of calories. Mm -hmm. My output wasn't as good strength wise. Yep. Um, then you look at a ton of calories in, like I, you saw the video, like I have my, my new PR for bench is 275. Yeah. Um, and even that's starting to feel a little bit like, okay, within the next couple of months, I could probably hit 315 for one, sure. yeah. um, which, which I'm probably going to go for. It would. Um, strangely, since mm -hmm. we're on this topic of calories and stuff, yeah. I started uh, on August 1st, I started the carnivore diet. Okay. Tell me about it. So I will have, uh, I did an episode with, uh, my friend Jess Randall, mm -hmm. she's a huge carnivore advocate. Yep. We did an episode talking about it, um, but I've always been interested in it. So I started it on the first sure. and it, it has been interesting. Almost a week. Least. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, today is a week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Today is day seven and I have I didn't change anything workout wise. Sure. So basically sure. I just went from eating normal balanced meals mm -hmm. yep. to eating nothing but meat. Wow. No vegetables, no fruits, no carbs. I think I've had yesterday. I, I did make a yesterday. I made a concession because uh, I went out to eat uh, with two very special friends, sure. and I did have some pizza. But mm. aside from that, I think I've had maybe forty carbs in the last seven days. Forty grams wow. of carbs in the last seven days. Wow! And this is just overnight. Like the day before I went on this, I had like I probably ate like four hundred grams of carbs and. I was expecting to be hungry, to have cravings. Yeah. Dude, like, feel great? I'm so confused. I don't I'm not sure that I feel great. Okay. To be honest with you. Mm. I don't feel bad. Like, okay. la like a, an example, last night, dinner was a two pound ribeye. That's it. Cool. Two pound ribeye mm. and water. And it was yeah. just, it, it was incredible. And then the meal before that was like 20 chicken wings, air fried. Yeah. And then the meal before that was two turkey burgers. The meal before that was a protein shake with butter Oof. and then breakfast was six eggs and a, like four strips of bacon. Sure. Um, and what I was expecting was to like, feel like I'm dying. Like I yeah. had like 
I don't have hunger at all. Sure. Is it uh so you're you're eating? Are you basically in ketosis? I would assume it's. I mean, yeah. th what the carnivore diet is? It's a diet. It's the, it's an extreme version of the keto diet. But sure. people who have some autoimmune issues can drastically benefit from it because you're just eliminating a lot of your inflammatory foods. Sure. Yeah. So I was curious to because I am back into running. Granted, mm -hmm. I'm not running you know seven miles every day. I'm just right. keeping it to three because honestly, I, I I don't I don't know the distance for me right now. I'm just not into it. Yeah. I've still been running every other day. Sure. And the runs didn't change that much. They actually felt better, like with no carbohydrates in my system. And then tra training wise, I kept it the same intensity. Sure. Uh, the only thing that I did notice today, um, exercises were like my top set was five. Mm -hmm. And I die like I know I have I know I can do six, but I'm dying on like five. Yeah. That's shortened to like three. Because right? sure. obviously I'm mm -hmm. loaded with creatine right now. Yep. Uh, so I noticed that that's a little different. Like, so if I were to do something like if I was going to bench for 20 reps, like mm. that's probably not happening at some of the higher weights that I'm accustomed to at yep. least right yep. now, but, yep. uh, it's very confusing. Like I, I feel like, I think it's maybe mentally just what I know about nutrition and training and coaching and working with people's mm. diets and helping them. Um, I don't feel as I expected, which is wild. So you used to, you used to drink carbs during your run, right? I used to drink carbs during my run applesauce before. I mean, I was up to 400, like four or 500 grams of carbs on any given day. So can you tell in your runs now that you don't have the carbs during the run or before the run? Can you tell? No, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Like the, and granted my, my running has declined, obviously, of course, cause I'm heavier sure. and I've just been out of the game for a little bit. And that's cause I, I need to let my feet heal, but, um, it, I actually felt a lot smoother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like my sleep has been so much better. Like wow. I'm, I, I have, uh, I have a Garmin watch that tracks mm -hmm. like stress and I don't, I don't know how much faith I put in the electronic stress tracker. Sure. Uh, I haven't left, like it's on a scale of zero to 100 since I started this, I haven't left the teens. Wow. And I've been, I've been working out, working. Uh, I started like, so I have a training. So, for those sure. of you that don't know, I have a training company, I have a meal prep company, I have a podcast, and then I'm in school for a different uh, fourth company profession, right? Wow. So like, I have a lot of moving parts, my brain is kind of wrecked. I have so much more mental clarity lately. It's a little bit easier for me to focus in on stuff. Um, yeah, it's just been a, a weird transformation. And sure. I'm not overly stressed out. But sure. Dick, just doing a lot of stuff, it, it's impossible to not like, yeah. like, you know, when you have a day when you have like, you know, seven clients in a row, like, it's like, yeah, like, you know, everything's all over. Yeah. 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 It's well, just um, been a, a crazy experience. Are you going to do it for the month of August or how long are you going to do it for? I'll keep it for 30 days. Sure. And then I'll have my full assessment at the end of the 30. Yeah. But it's just been a very interesting first week. That's and I don't, I, I don't have the cravings that I thought I would. Sure. Which is, which is wild. And I know, like, I'm not counting calories, mm -hmm. but I know that, like, my, I, I literally cut my calories probably by, by a third. Sure. And it, it doesn't feel like it at all. Are you tracking, your, are you tracking your weight? No, I'm just tracking it off the visual. I, I don't, I'm a big proponent of non-scale victories. I yeah. know for something like this, okay, I lost like 30 pounds on this carnivore diet. Like try it. And I know like f for me, the way I looked at it was this is an experiment to see what it's about sure. for me. I care more about how I feel and how I'm performing than what my weight on the scale no is. Way. I know I'm, I know I'm going to drop. I'm, I've already dropped obviously. Sure. 
Um, I probably put it at probably lost like a pound or two in that first week. Mm. Uh, but I'm definitely flatter. Like I, I literally like yeah, sure. instantly, like there was no bloat on me, yeah. like whatsoever. I didn't even know that I was like, Oh, you're a little bloated. Like it just instantly went away, especially like my face got less bloated. Oh yeah. It was crazy. Your gut, I assume your gut got less bloated too. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. The first couple of days, um, there were some horrors in the bathroom, sure. but Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a, a wild transition, but for the most part, I feel, cool. I feel good as new. It's, it is a little tricky, like trying to eat because it's just kind of weird to like, like the steak's not bad, but if it's like the middle of the day and you're like, what do I eat? Do I just eat butter? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a, that, that's a wild thing. I, you should try it out. I don't think I'm going to try it out. Can I tell you what I'm eating right now? Yeah, go for it. All right. So uh, since I've been working. Uh, with my new coach he's kind of been right that took the thinking out of it for me so i just do what he says uh and right now we're pushing food right so i'm trying to gain weight i'm trying to gain muscle um so we're pushing food so i have high days and low days right uh depending if i work out or not uh on my workout days uh i'm having 774 grams of carbs holy shit <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to go carnivore. <laughs> I don't want to go carnivore. Is that all rice and oatmeal? No, 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 it's not all rice. So I can give you some of the stuff here. I got uh cream of rice for meal one. So that's, that's, that's where most of it comes from meal one. Uh, I have this intro workout that I drink. Um, and in the intro workout, it's 150 grams of carbs during the workout. Ooh. So at first, uh, I kind of like burped a lot, right, while I was lifting. But now not so much. Like it's just it's just like another Gatorade I'm drinking, but it's 150 grams. So that's during the workout. Um, then I have three meals with jasmine rice in it. I have a sweet potato meal. Uh, and then at the end of the night, I have another cream of rice meal. Uh, and after after everything adds up, it's 70, 774 grams. That's wild. Yep. Um, it's uh, like it, it was the first few few times I did this, it was hard to get it all down. Right. But I mean, I guess like the big girl we were talking about first, it's just progressively overloading. The yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm going to have to plug that into my fitness pal. Sure. Yeah. Because I think uh, let me see something. Little Debbie honey buns. Just use this as an example. Whole box. Six buns. That's a bestseller. <laughs> I do. I do love me a honey bun, dude. Honey buns are good. Uh, Imagine eating six every day, though. All right. So one pastry has twenty-six grams of carbs, and there's six. It's about 150 grams. That's my intro workout. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. You know, do you know if the donuts starting your day out with those Krispy Kreme or they're just like normal donuts? I don't know. It'd be good to know. Yeah. 
I'm not sure. You want to hear something crazy? Speaking of Krispy Kreme and donuts yeah. and starting your day with donuts. That was it. When I was in high school, uh, so when I was in elementary school, middle school, uh, when I was a young child, I had very bad separation anxiety. Sure. First starting at school, every little kid, you know, it's a rough first couple of times, you know, you're out of the house yeah. for the first time. Uh, but that carried into, you know, my early teens. Um, so it, it manifested in me as like really bad stomach problems, mm -hmm. like I IBS, like yep. just a lot of real stuff. And I was like kind of nervous all the time. Yeah. Obviously over the years, you know, somewhere, you know, that we, we changed that real quick, but, <laughs> um, so I was on the football team Yep. and, uh, as a result of this, these stomach issues, I rarely ate at school. So, so most of the time, my first meal was at like, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon or like I'd have like yeah. some kind of protein shake or like honey bun or, you know, depending what the school lunch was, which I hated. Yeah. I never even, I, oftentimes I did not go to lunch. Wow. Uh, but there were some days where they would be selling like a little f a fundraiser drive for like Krispy Kreme. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. They drop off dozens of donuts and the ROTC kids would sell them. And I would eat a dozen donuts in oh. class and then go to football practice. Oh, gosh. And that's the only thing you had all day. And that would be the only thing in my system all day was just a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Jeez. And I would get through practice like nothing. Really? Dude, it was wild. Like, Didn't I could... I couldn't do that shit now. Like today, no. like if I woke up today and had 12 Krispy Kreme donuts at like 11, first off, I don't think I could eat 12. No, not in a row. Nope. If I ate them at 12 and then we went to practice at what, 2.15, and then we went and worked out at 2.15, I would die. Absolutely. Which is absolutely insane looking back yep. at it. Yep. You built different. Uh, I don't know what kind of building that was, <laughs> but but dude, it was great. We'd, we'd be summertime practice, like, you know, it'd be warm, we'd be... Like game days eating donuts. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Wow. All right, man. So coming up right on time. Um, it's been a great episode. I think one of the key takeaways, um, if there's anything that you take away from this episode, mm -hmm. um, big one is your support system, Absolutely. how important it is in the fitness world. Uh, whether you're trying to lose weight, whether this is a new thing for you, whether this is something you've been doing for a long time and maybe you didn't have you know, a support system around you and now you do, or, or you've been avoidant of the support system, uh, mega, mega important. Also, uh, for, there's a lot of people out there. I think one of the other things that we highlighted really well, there's a lot of calories. There's a big difference or a big difference in your body and your day to day existence based on how many calories you kind of have going in and out. So yeah. I think yeah. you touched on it. Uh, you hit the nail on the head with what you're doing now versus mm -hmm. uh, when you're going through your prep and cutting down that low and kind of what, yeah. with what that experience is like. So um, we definitely appreciate that. Appreciate you having you on. And Absolutely. we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. We can do that. We can start with another Eric the Electric video, whatever he's eating that day. Yeah, we got to find some crazy shit. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you.